Today's episode is in celebration of International Men's Day. We have a very deep conversation around the International Men's Day theme for this year, which is zero suicide in men. Get yourself stuck into this one. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. We hope you're sitting comfortably because this is about to get uncomfortable. Hass, can you just repeat what you were saying about your attire today for me? What you're wearing or not? It's it's a it's a good segue for today's. It is a good segue, actually, yeah. isn't it? Um, Are they new shoes as well? Yeah. What do you reckon? Oh, smart, mate. Yeah. Smart. Putting it on. Uh, I'm wearing uh, autograph by MS. I comp I complimented your overshirt and was surprised to understand that it was from MS. That was all. That's why I thought wanted to bring. You it. were you were trying to make a thing of it, weren't you? Uh, no, and then you said that uh, they're they're shooting for a younger demographic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that sort of surprised me as yeah, your answer. That yeah. uh, they used to aim for granddads, I think. Yeah, tweed cardigans. Yeah, I, I could, I could rock a tweed cardigan. I reckon. I can't get on with the material, mate. The, the itchiness ugh, it makes yeah. my whole body go crazy. Yeah. What about a peak cap? What, like a flat peak? Yeah. Nah, you like own. You, if you're our age and you wear them, you've got to be called like Alfie. And you do a bit of Charlie on the weekend with your mates. Yeah, and uh, and you wear a gilet. Yeah. To the city. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a roll neck. Oh, yeah. Gilet, roll neck, and a flat peak. And you say bosh all the time. Bosh. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think we've both said recently <laughs> on the podcast. Well, we just did now. <laughs> Mate, it's uh, international. I had men's... a John style Chinese uh, at, the week, uh, at the weekend, though. That was good. You had a what? Big John, you know Big John. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What? What do you mean? Just fucking loads. loads. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. How was it? Favorite Chinese dish? I'm, I'm, I'm a man of very little imagination when it comes to Chinese. Anything? Oh, yeah, Chinese. Yeah, yeah. anything. Maybe <laughs> I'll go for the same thing. Yeah. Which is what? Beef and black bean sauce. That's it. Egg fried rice. Beef and green pepper in a black bean sauce. Oh, you got to have the green peppers. Yeah. Yeah. I have beef and green pepper in a black bean sauce with. Shredded chili beef. What? Just over the top of it? Bit crunch on the top? No, it? just two, di two dishes, bang, straight in the same dish for me. Two full dishes, bang, straight in the dish. No rice. No, no, no rice, none of them noodles, nothing. No accoutrements. I told you what I have, mate. I have beef and a black bean sauce with green pepper and shredded chili beef. Both dishes, bosh, straight in my big... Chinese dish that I've got at home. You have a Chinese dish? It's just a dish that I eat my Chinese Do you ever cheat on the Chinese and put an Indian in or something? Uh, yes, it's also my Indian dish when I get an Indian. Yeah. What curry do you go for, by the way, while we're here? Ah, uh, well. Oh, you're a connoisseur well, when it comes to this, well, are you? Well, let's, let, let's sort of put aside the authentic stuff that is home cooked, right? Okay. That you've never cooked for me still yet. 
You don't come to your friends' houses. Um, at Brighton on the twelfth, not one offer to cook for me. Well, after I don't you want you to cook for me, friends, mate. I don't want you to not, cook for me. You're not invited to my house. No, good. After what you said. Yeah, good. Yeah. I wouldn't want to stay there. You'd be wanting to go to the fucking cinema in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we actually on the twelfth? No. Oh. Um. Madras, I love a madras. Yeah. What rice? What? Pilau, pilau rice. Garlic rice, mate. Are you trying to tell me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you want to be more authentic, you've got to go. Yeah. <laughs> garlic rice. My mum has never made garlic rice. Really? Uh, no. She should. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'll never come to yours for dinner, mate. Secret recipe. I want fucking two cloves of garlic in my rice. There is garlic in the rice. You just don't call it garlic rice. Not in, no not in normal rice, though, right? <laughs> come on, mate. I'm the chef here. Anyway... Let's move on we from should, this. We should bring up that long pork uh, episode again. <laughs> <laughs> I am a shit. Right. Did you see Gordon Ramsay's just had another kid? Has he? Number six. Good on him. Yeah, well, there's not enough room on the planet for people to have that many kids. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. So, mate, today is going to be the International Men's Day special. I just got the, the little in-joke. Oh, fuck me. Sorry, Did you not mate. get it? Yeah, I forgot you have. Six kids. 700 kids. Uh, so it's yep. International Men's Day. It's International Men's Day this Sunday. Mm. So uh, this podcast goes out on the Wednesday. So it's going to be a bit of a man special. Uh, Favourite ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to start as we always do in the usual way with the check-in. Um, but I've brought a bit of a different question today to get us to check in. I, the reason I've done this is because... We both did a deep check-in. We got a lot of comments about the check-in last, by the way, um, on the last episode. We both went quite deep about certain things. And I felt if we just checked in today, we would do the typical thing of, yeah, I'm not fully out of it. It's still there a bit. So I thought I need to bring something different so that it doesn't just do that. Fair? Do you think that's what we'd have done? Yeah, yeah. If you were to just check in normally? Yeah. So I bought what I've called a powerful question, one that you- uh, That'd be powerful admitted to me when you got here that you fucking didn't read it. Yeah. Um, how might somebody make you feel loved today? Specifically today. And what I mean by that is taking into account everything that you've got going on. Um, so it's a, I, can, I, can I just say it's a hard question because I find it difficult. I find it difficult to seek that out from people. Do you know what I mean? I, I feel like I, I'm i on autopilot always just trying to provide for others. So it's almost like I, I find it difficult to even think about it. What's difficult about it? Like, even as I'm just thinking about it now, I'm just thinking, no, it's not, it's my job to do that for other people. Yeah. yeah and I'm not trying to be like a martyr here. I just genuinely... No, no, this is why the question's powerful, yeah? Because I don't think nobody goes, oh, how do I feel loved? Yeah, do this, this and this. Yeah. I think particularly, by the way, men with a focus on men here yeah i think we find it difficult to receive it yeah yeah i was just talking about that with someone yesterday actually just like particularly in uh asian culture and black culture like um there's just generations of of sort of nurture that just i'm not saying it's just exclusively those two but yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about in the context of that that it's just generationally passed down that actually this is not something that you should seek or get value from or want. 
And so, you know, that you, you're not taught how to be a dad. You know, you're not taught how to show love as a dad if you're a father and you, you don't pass it on. Um, so in within sticking within the culture that you're talking about, that you're taught not to receive love. Is that like from everywhere, from your parents? Yeah. Relationships? Parents, infrastructure, cultural structures and and you're not taught not to love you're just not taught to love does right. that make the yeah. sense yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're not like shown how to lean into being vulnerable and you're not shown like the sort of it, you know emotional connectivity that i think we're trying to achieve now uh, in our generation i just don't think it was passed down from previous generations yeah yeah like in the in the, in the first wave of immigration in the country it was just get on, head down, work, there's no room for that. Yeah. And that sort of, that passed down, you know, mm. through generations. And we're only just starting to, I think, you know, explore that a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so answering the question, I don't like, I, I'm not a big fan of like compliments and stuff like that. It's not, I just don't like the, the limelight. Um, well, how does it make you feel if somebody gives you a compliment? Awkward. Right. Yeah, just a bit, uh, I mean, I don't like the limelight. I, don't, I just find it uncomfortable. But I realise that there's, there's, there's something to explore there. Yeah. Um, but what I do, what makes me feel loved is being heard. Yeah. And being seen. Yeah. Uh, I don't need big gestures, but just like somebody acknowledging um, whatever I'm going through. Yeah. And, and not even trying to pathologize or make me feel better. Just go, yeah, I get it. Understand. How um, able are you to communicate that to the people? Not not that easy. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, it's not that easy. Like I, um, yeah, I have to almost, you know what you're saying? Like you, you, you know, before holiday, you almost burnt out. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I have to get a bit like that. Yeah to um, show my vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. So when someone reaches in and I'm not even expecting it, that's when it hits me most. Yeah. I really appreciate it. And actually I'll say that like, we had to deal with something in the last sort of 72 hours as a team and everyone just rallied around. And I, I, could, I know it was to solve the thing that needed to be solved, but I think I felt that it was actually just because they felt like they'd maybe let me down or whatever and and everyone it didn't become about me it was just about right we need to yeah solve this and I, I just took a lot of energy from that so the support feeling supported as well was like yeah. a big thing yeah 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 I'm the same man when I look at um what I need I think for everyone yeah it's that need to be seen um and to be heard mm. but I think and I think this is common like if you know with a little bit of a focus on men and not to get too stereotypical or to like make generalizations but I do think that we hide a lot particularly with people that we think we're most we're supposed to keep safe do you know what I mean so I think I hide most at home yeah do you know what I mean and I think sometimes then you can end up feeling quite lonely when you're at home because you're hiding, not because of any other reason other than it's funny, man. I can come on the podcast or go, you know, do a talk or 
work or whatever, be really vulnerable, share my vulnerability, give people permission to do that to theirs. But the moment that I'm at home, all of this, it's just, in my case, the trauma comes out in it. And I hide and I like show that I'm okay, show that I'm all right. And then that being seen and being heard becomes less and less possible because, um, because you're hiding. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think the thing about home as well is, I don't know how much they want it. And maybe that's, that's just a narrative that's playing in your head, but like you play a role. Yeah. And, and then like when you aren't playing that role, people don't know how to be with that. Yeah. So if you think about our parents that get older, right? There's a point where they stop being the, the ones that care for you and you begin to care for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really hard transition to make. Yeah. So it's really hard to think about how to do that really fluidly in 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 a home space when they're not expecting it. Yeah. How do you how do you get them to switch just because you want to be different? Yeah. How much do you feel the pressure as a as a like as a man? Do you think there is more pressure? Or, and I guess it's a separate question. Do you think there is more pressure as a man to provide and protect? Like, which we're kind of, we kind of talk now as if that's old school stuff, yeah? That's born out of like power and all of that kind of stuff. But I do feel like to some degree, particularly with the men's work that I do, that we have moved on from that, but it's there's still like this thing that lingers there where, I think a lot of men still certainly feel like they're supposed to do that. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that is uh, an internal belief uh, on how much of that is actually still quite ingrained in society, even in any gender that might suggest that they, they, they think it's not. Does that make sense? It does. I think it's both. I think it's, it's, it's deeply wired in to the, the makeup of men, right? Yeah. And even though there's there is an evolution around roles and, you know, and dynamics and things like that, as there should be. I think it's really not made, a, you know, as much progress as you'd hope just in terms of society, right? Yeah. So if you think it's still, it's still, um, even though it's, you know, you can do shared parental leave and that sort of stuff now, and people do it. And, yeah. I, and I, I really champion and embrace people that do it. I think society still doesn't take it seriously, right? Certainly in the UK, in other countries, like in the Nordics, it's like, it's really, really established and and it's a celebrated kind of way of raising children. I think here, probably in the States, right? Um, it's still probably not seen as like a normal thing, right? Mm. But it's getting better. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing more and more people do it and I'm, and, and the only, you know, it change comes when people start to enact the change, right? It's not mm, taking mm. action. But I still think that there's a lot of stigmatism around roles and, and what role you play and, you know, in, 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 in parenting and stuff like that. How often, we might have, I might have talked about this in a previous episode in times gone by. How often, if you're writing a work email and someone says, um, can you do a call at this time? Right? You might often say, I can't do that because I'm delivering a workshop. Mm -hmm. Would you say that typically in an email? 
When? During the day? If yeah, some, yeah, if, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm doing a workshop. Yeah. Uh, would you yeah. say, I can't do that because I'm doing a school run? Yeah, I would. You would, yeah. I would, because I'm more, I'm, I'm, I'm 10 years deep in doing this. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would now, I, I know, but I, I have to think yeah. about it. Yeah. I have to think, it still comes into my head, like, and certainly when I started, I thought, I can't say I'm doing the school run, because that'll come across. That's, that's when you're starting out though, you're like, you're, you're yeah. like this imposter syndrome in a critic, there's all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but on. I bet there's a lot of men and women, by the way, or any gender that, um, would struggle to say they're on the school run. Yeah, but it's different for, yes, and it's different for women because women are put under pressure. It's so, so different. And, and I'd love to have a proper conversation on this, yeah. on this pod, because you're expected to do both, right? Mm. And then when you're saying you have to sacrifice work because you've got to go and be a mum, you're pushed into like, you're pushed in by nefarious asshole bosses to hide it. Yeah. You shouldn't have to. Yeah. That, and that's, that's a different thing. Yeah. Because we've sort of in, I think one of the things that's happened and, and rightly so, yeah, in, I'm going off on a tangent here, but like in more recent years, yeah, is is trying to pitch for that equity inequality, right? Which mm -hmm. is like men and women can interchange with the amount of like looking after the home and who goes into working in career life. I do have a concern about that. And it is around the family. I think we're so obsessed with equal opportunities in terms of career, I think we've forgotten the value in what it is to be a stay-at-home parent. As in the, va the, um, the value to the family? The value to the children, to the, children. To the family, the value to society. Yeah. Like really a stay-at-home parent, in my opinion, should be the greatest of all in terms of yeah, career line. Yeah, I think the the com like, it's important not to conflate the two, right? Like the the need for equity is really important. Mm. Right? Therefore, um, you know, if a woman wants to have a full time job, then she should be able to do that, right? Yeah. Um, and that means that means there needs to be a, a better compromise on who's showing up in the family, right? Yeah. What, what you're saying is if both parents are working, then the children or the families or, or the dynamics of the family suffer. Mm. And so the, the conversation has to be, okay, right, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna you know, improve the infrastructure such that, you know, there is equity for women in the workplace, right? But in doing that, you need to look at making it better and easier and more incentivized for dads to deprioritize de their career yeah. to be at home. Exactly. And that, but that's the missing link, right? Is that I think we're doing the, we're doing the kind of evening it up and we're forgetting if we're gonna even it up in that way, we need to do something on the other side as well to make sure that there's provision in some way for one of the parents to not feel stigmatized, stupid, yeah. or like they care less about their career by investing in in um, the family and the home and the, the parents inside stuff. And by the way, yeah. in most cases where there's two working parents working full time, it's because they got no fucking choice. And again, I see that as like part of the issue that we're seeing. 
yeah, totally. in society is that parents don't have a choice but to go back working full time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Another, an, a, like another very big topic, right? Yeah, yeah, a topic in its own. Like a choice. But to, just to say that I think, I still think globally we have a patriarchal society. Not I think, it's, it's proven, right? Yeah. So even outside of, you know, I would say the, the majority of the conversations around equity are probably happening in Western Democrat democracies, yeah. right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's still very patriarchal systems and values outside of the West, right? Yeah. Um, so I think uh, the, 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 the challenge isn't about, um, the challenge isn't just about, you know, doing the legislation, it's, it's the cultural piece. Yeah. Like I, I think people, like people still look um, with a bit of like smugness or like they look down at say dads that want to be a, like, uh, you know, a dad at home versus in yeah. the workplace. And I think that's a problem because that's that's what pushes people away from requesting it, seeking it out. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, like, if you think if, if somebody if somebody was successful, if a man was successful in their career, you know, defining success as, you know, in the normal parameters of what that would mean. Yeah. And they had a child and said, you know, my <clears throat> wife is way more passionate about her career than, than this. We, we both earn well enough for one of us to stay at home. I'm going to be a stay at home dad. Uh, and I'm going to quit my career. I, I don't think there'd be positive reactions from many people no. in that. And even if they weren't negative, I bet they would be along the lines of, are you sure you want to do this? Are you yeah. sure you want to give your career yeah, yeah. up for this? Yeah. And like the flip side of that is also that women are sort of just expected in many cases yeah. to be the one. Yeah. Well, if you have a baby, it's going to be you yeah. that stays at home. Yeah. And that's like, I think that's one of the things that needs to even up and change. Yeah. Um, and I think also like a lot of dads struggle with the hard work and then sometimes feeling like they have to do even more as well. So like you're tr where we're trying to even it up, I do feel sometimes we get caught in this sort of messy place where people don't really know how, how much they should be doing or what they're supposed to do. Or like I hear men with the men's work that I'm doing all of the time sharing different dad guilts and feeling like they don't do enough and you know they work really hard in the day but then they're they're shattered when they come home and i certainly resonate with that do you know what i mean yeah. feeling like when i come home sometimes the last thing i want to do <clears throat> is play i'm fucking i've had a big day a long day i want to get home and chill now do you know what i mean yeah uh, look i know we're, we've got other stuff to talk about mm, but this mm. is a really important topic as well that like i've you know, we're definitely going to come back to this one because I think there's there's at least at least we've had a change, right? Mm. Like, we've been working all day; it's tough, but there's been a change, right? Imagine if you had to do basically, tw you know, eighteen to twenty hours of the same thing, right? And mm. I just think that the thing that's coming up for me is empathy, compassion mm. are like two superpowers that you just need to tap into to really understand like, put, put, like what's it like to be in the other person's shoes. And I think the final point to say on this one is the only, there's no cavalry coming, right? So basically, but this is, you know, from boomers down to Gen X and it's just been passed down this, right? But this, the generation that's gonna change it has to be your generation now. Mm -hmm. The one that's gone before you, and I include myself in that, they didn't, they didn't make the changes, right? 
So the millennials didn't make the changes, right? Not enough. So it's got to be Gen Z. And, and I just think, you know, it, the only way you start to change it is if you start to take action around it. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Well said. Thank you, and sir. a good way to move us on to the next part of today. So I have a list. I found this online. Uh, a list of 43 interesting facts about men. And you're going to pick some numbers. Okay. But we're going to do two or three of these. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to read the fact and we'll discuss. Okay. Uh, so let me just get it up. And you can tell me a number between 1 or 43. Yeah. Go on. Uh, five. Oh, he's gone low. Okay. First fact. <laughs> Erectile dysfunction <laughs> is a lot more common than men would have you believe. Beyond the awkward moments it can create, it could be a significant warning sign concerning health issues. Uh, and then it goes on to tell us how heart issues fucking hell has you come straight in. <laughs> Ever had any erectile dysfunction? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> Is that all you've got to say about it? Well, what do what 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 do you want? What's the com what's the question? Uh, there is no question. We're just discussing oh. them. Let's do another one. That's well, fast, well, that's the most awkward hundred. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 but, no. No. Next question. No, but I just I'll, I'll say that I think. Um, Again, another big topic, but I think pornography has led to men thinking that they need to be something that they're not. And yeah. I think that's, it's, it is affecting the psyche, which will obviously have a physical effect for some people. I think particularly how young children are probably watching it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the first time that I saw sex, I found a VHS on the bin outside one stop. Fucking kid you not, when I was about 13. You used to see the top shelf, yeah? Yeah. In the shop. Yeah. Then I found this VHS and there was a porno on there, right? Yeah. And that was like the first time I ever see that kind of thing. I must have been about... You knew enough to take the VHS and go, this could I be... I think it was a bit of a thing. I think that was like, I think it was like kind of left there. Like, Oh, really? I don't know, man. And then you used to see like the magazines in the bushes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but... You know, had I not found that VHS, I might have seen a few porno mags or after WWF on Sky Sports 3, it used to go to the 10 minute previews and you used to see that as a kid, right? Uh -huh. I'm making a point here, but now porn is like readily available through the phone, yeah? Yeah. So what age do you reckon, I haven't got a statistic here, but what do you reckon the we've, average we've, age? We've had this conversation, haven't oh, we? Have we? Yeah, well, a long mate, time ago. No, nothing. Yeah, no, but I think, I think it's like, Nine or something. Is it? It's mad. Isn't something it? like that. And that's what that's how they're learning. And because, by the way, just to wrap this bit up and then we'll do another one. You can give me another number, a better one, please. Uh I didn't know. Is um is um because we don't talk about sex properly, young boys don't get they don't learn any different, man. Because there aren't many people talking about it properly. Especially not men. Like I, I, I we probably talked about it in the last episode, but I learned about sex in the pub from blokes talking shit. Yeah. It's the only place I learned about yeah. it. Might put a fucking condom on a cucumber at school and told that sex is about creating a baby. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we've got to have better conversations. Yeah. Probably. I, I, just, I, I just think though that social media, readily available access to internet, like it's just so overwhelming now. Yeah. It doesn't even matter if you have a conversation. But we it, need, yeah. I do think that we need to ex accept that a bit more. People got, because the thing is, yeah, with this kind of stuff, people want to keep children's innocence. 
And it's like, well, you gave them the internet. There's no So way. you fucking took it away. Yeah. So now you need something, you need a new plan. Yeah. You need a new plan because yeah. you could protect it to a degree because they'd see the top shelves and unless they got hold of VHS, you'd protect their innocence in that way in most cases, yeah? The world's different now. So you need a new plan. It's true. Uh, give me another number, Has. Uh, 20, 27. Good number. I don't know yet until I get there. Um, let's hope this... Actually, I've made a good conversation. Uh, if there were ever a more biased community than Hollywood they'd have to outdo themselves to topple the biggest trend in Hollywood. This is, of course, that 75% of all leading roles in blockbuster movies are written for men. Yeah. Wow. That's a fucking big yeah. number. Yeah. Not surprising. Not surprising. I'm slightly su surprised by it being that high. I'm not. No, that's bad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's the case, isn't it? Like, when you think of, like, a thriller any kind of thriller where it's like somebody going to, you know, catch the kidnappers or it's always men, isn't it? It, it is changing, but it's clearly that's the 25%. It's not, yeah. You know, it's all, it's all money in it. It's like, who's going to get the box office hits. Yeah, man. But again, they... as well, I suppose it teaches what it teaches young people and what we kind of, the way that our minds are like what we see and what we view. But again, if you think of it from a men's perspective, all of the good, strong men that you see on these films, right? Good, strong men, in quote marks, they're all like fearless. They all overcome obstacles. They don't really get anxious. They're tough. They deal with everything. They don't get emotionally overwhelmed. And so if you grew up in an environment where you don't have a decent role model, for what a man can be in today's world, you're probably going to latch on to those things, isn't it? Mm. Luckily, we follow Dwayne Johnson. Because <laughs> he's, he's the epitome of everything. Uh, yeah, exactly. That is the type of role model you want. Someone that shoots gear most days, by the look of it. Uh, give me... <laughs> that, that's lies, man. That's lies. <laughs> I love you. It's all, he's a natty. in London and he's you want to come on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a natty, yeah. Right, give me another number. Let's do... Uh, should we do one more? Yeah, all right. Let's do... Um, oh, we've got plenty of time. Let's actually. do my age, uh, 29. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm only joking. 31, 31. <laughs> what do we're gonna do both of them? Why? Um, I thought we had only time for one. Okay, well let's do one then. Thirty one. X there were some really good ones in here and I think you've picked a lot of shit ones. Um I must, well you pick a good one then. I, I might have a look and pick one after. Uh exercise works different for men. While exercise has abundant benefits for both male and females, the way it affects the body differs between genders. Where women burn more fat during exercise, men burn more carbohydrates. I did not know that. Did not know that. Don't care that I never knew it either. Um, <laughs> this has been fun, hasn't it? Have you enjoyed yourself? <laughs> I learned something new. <laughs> Look at that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, let me just find one more, because there, uh, there was some good ones in here. Well, we haven't found them yet, have we? <laughs> uh, wait, 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 wait. Um, can you ad-lib or something? Well, you're not leaving any room because you're just saying, wait, 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 wait. Okay, here's a good one. Oh. That men are thick-skinned. Okay. And no, this isn't a metaphor. Men really have thicker skin. Studies have shown that a man's skin is about 25% thicker compared to that of a woman. What, what, and what, does that, what are the benefits of that, do you think? Or the hindrances? 
Uh, well, one of the main benefits are <laughs> less oh. leathers on a motorbike are needed. Oh. Are you just making that up? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh. Okay. I'll leave you on this one. Okay. This is number one in the list of 43. Is this like, is this, is this like the top fact? Is it? Is it? Well, it's or? number one on the list of facts, mate. So make of this what you will. I just want, I'm going to read it and then I want your one comment before we move on to the main segment of today. Couldn't come soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Sorry, can you just say what you said again? <laughs> I, I will not. No, just repeat it. Couldn't come soon enough. Men also have a G spot. Let's get this one out of the way right from the start. <laughs> the male body also includes a G-spot, elusive as it might be to some. According to scientists, beyond its primary functions, the male's prostate doubles as a center point for many nerves. Stimulation of the prostate has been recorded as delivering quite a lot of pressure. Ple pleasure. Pressure. <laughs> ah. So what's your parting comments on that? I like that you said, what did you say before I started? <laughs> I'm not going to play your <laughs> childish games. So Josh. tell me about that G spot, Hass. What does it feel like? Do you remember Wayne Marshall? No. Oh, don't. <laughs> he sang a song called G spot. Anyway, I'm not going to sing well, it. That was um, shitter than I'd hoped. Um, it's International Men's Day. Yeah. So let's go a little bit deep and just touch on before we go into. I want to talk about it in in, in another way as well. Um, but the theme for this year is zero male suicide. Um, have you got any thoughts on that as a, as a theme? Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's it's a really powerful North Star. Mm. I, I think it's dosed in reality. Yeah, I don't think I think you know you can never get there. Yeah, and but the intent is to make life okay for everyone, such that they they don't see suicide as the as the way out yeah why do you think the it's a massive question but why do you think the rates are so high in men in men yeah well it's a lot what we've talked about right it's what we talk about here is there's 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 no way well there's not no way sorry there are um not enough ways for men to understand what they're feeling um you don't have the communities uh, around you to explore um, the pain you might be going through. Mm. Um, you're told from a young age as a boy, and I'm and I'm not saying that women don't have this as well, right? But man up, toughen up, don't deal with those emotions. And so, for for twenty five percent of the population. Uh, is so powerful that they take their own life. Yeah. And uh, for other people, they live in numbness, you know? Mm, they just mm. don't explore it. And they go to their deathbed not having, you know, understood themselves or explored it. Yeah, you know one thing that you said in there um, that I think is something that needs to be explored and it, it, and it's not easy to do so. And you might be surprised at the thing that I'm going to pick out. But you stopped halfway through and said, I'm not saying women have it any different or it's worse, right? Mm. Because the balance of power has been in the hands of men for so long, right? And probably yeah. still is. Yeah. If you're not careful, 
and I can even feel it when I'm talking about it publicly. There will always there will be some people who, when you hear when they hear you talking about or us or one talking about the plight of men, that will simply just say you've had it really easy. You got yeah. nothing to moan about. Yeah, I think that's why I said it. Yeah, there's a little bit of like, well, you know, we have ha had it easy. I probably inadvertently try and want to balance the conversation. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, I think I I think you should be able to have. You know, two conversations wholeheartedly with integrity. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And like Good both point. things can be true, right? Yeah. Because I, yeah. I speak to a lot of men, and you know what's really hard for them is, and this is difficult to talk about. I know a lot of men that are in or have been in relationships with women who are quite emotionally abusive, right? Yeah. And one of the main tactics that an emotionally abusive woman will use on a man is reactive abuse. So um, what I mean by that is, if it's an emotionally abusive woman in a relationship towards a man, they will push and push and push that man until that man lashes out in some way. Now I don't mean physically, I don't know if there's ever a reason for that, right? There's never an excuse for that. Um, but like lashing out and hitting something, a wall or something like that, and then being made to feel like they're the abusive one, right? Because their behavior is abusive. I hear that a lot from men. And when I'm able to sit back and listen to them, is it objectively, yeah? You listen to them and they are killing themselves. They're like, I don't want to be this man, I don't know why. And like when you hear, you get them to tell you what's going on, you think you're in, a, in an emotionally abusive relationship being abused by a woman. Um, and your reactions are leading you to come across as the abusive one. Mm. And that, that, that I see that a lot, very, very difficult to talk about. If you're in that situation, yeah, it's very difficult to talk about, yeah? To say, well, I ended up smashing something in the house or something, yeah? And if you don't manage to get the full context, because what a man would also do, by the way, if they've done that, is then take responsibility for it, and this is me, not all men, yeah? Some men are fucking, obviously a lot of men are a nightmare, but the men that I'm talking about who are in those kind of relationships, they'll often take responsibility for it. Let me let me ask you a question. I'm trying to listen to this. And I, I, I can see that manifest, I can see how that happens, mm -hmm. right? I think you could equally have two women having a conversation and, and, and talking about how much that shows up right mm -hmm. with women and it's it's gaslighting right it's it's basically i'll push you push you and push you what's interesting though is do you think if say if a if a woman was in an abusive relationship and and let's for the, for this example let's say it's with uh, someone of the opposite sex with a man mm -hmm. right? and if that man is more physically imposing and do you just think that they they want to do that as well, but can't. What do you, do they, what they want? So if, if a woman is in an abusive relationship, in the same way, right? Just yeah. the roles are reversed, right? Yeah. And pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Mm -hmm. What you're saying is, with a, with a man, what will happen is he'll lash out, right? Mm -hmm. Some way. Right? Yeah. Do you think a woman can do that in the same way? I think they'll lash out and be labelled probably quicker. Yeah. Like they'll be labeled as a crazy woman. Yeah, okay. As a crazy person quicker, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But this is the big issue with it, is that when you start talking about it from a man's perspective, yeah. you have to bring in the woman and keep saying, but loads of women have it really bad with men, and they do. But you have to take every person's individual experience in its own context. And you cannot treat a man who finds himself in an abusive relationship with the opposite sex, in this case, a woman, yeah. differently, simply because there are way more cases where it's the other way around. Yeah, no, and I don't think I was- oh, No, no, I know, you yeah, wasn't, yeah, I I know, trying to I know he that. wasn't doing that. Yeah. However, yeah. I think we'd both be lying if we don't say, when I just said what I said about the man being abused by a woman and all that, it's a big part of you going, there's a lot going, of women going that, fucking, how's that, yeah, how's, that going? how's that affecting women that have been, and I, I, I understand that, but my point is, um, men that are being emotionally and coercively controlled by women, both, by the way, um, partners and parents, so mums, yeah, yeah, is really high, way higher than, than we think. And yet you never see it talked about. No. Because if you, like, and like again, like if you saw a man come out and talk about this publicly online, I was in an abusive relationship with a woman, she did this and I ended up kicking the door. He ain't getting love and support. No. In, in most cases. Yeah. Um, and again, that's not to say I'm not trying to say one's worse than the other or one exists more than the other. It's just that both of these things do exist. Yeah. And actually, if you think about it, uh, you wouldn't want to do that in any other form of abuse, would you? If somebody brought the abuse to you, go, yeah, this is quite bad abuse. But there are people that face a lot worse abuse more regularly. Than yeah, you. I don't think you ever, well, okay. So it was genuine curiosity around like, do you, like it was genuine curiosity around Again, it's around sort of uh, around what around society and mm, what yeah, yeah, like yeah. can can like the can can the physical form be used by one sex over the other. That's why I was yeah. genuinely curious yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. not saying that um, uh, one negates the other. What I'm really um, what I'm really interested in is is how you have the conversation such that it doesn't ever become about the abuser being belittled. Because mm. do you remember, like, not do you remember, you probably see it a lot, right? When- The abused being belittled, you mean? Yeah, the, sorry, yeah. the abused, that's what I mean. Um, you see it a lot in TV, right? Where like if, if say a man is being physically abused by a woman, like it's almost a joke. Yeah. And it's portrayed that way. Again, yeah, yeah. it's again with those, you know, societal things, I think, um, this is why a lot of men bottle stuff up because the world isn't quite ready for them to to talk and to share in in the way that a lot of them need to. Yeah, yeah, and 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 then and then you get like the and and that's because of how they be perceived as well. Because like it's interesting, and I'm thinking as I go here. So, but but if a man was to leave a marriage because he was unhappy. So he left. If he had wife and kids and he left because he was unhappy in that and it was it was unrepairable. Yeah. I think in most cases society would view that as him abandoning 
his family. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder how many men you lose because they stayed because they didn't want to be seen as somebody that abandoned their family. I don't know. It's an interesting yeah. question though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and again, if you flip that on its head, I think it's probably the same, if not worse, for women if they were to leave. Actually, it's way if a woman left a family, yeah. left a man with kids and went yeah. to live on their own, yeah. they'd be viewed way, way differently yeah. to what a man would. Yeah, definitely. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because did you see the video of, fucking this has just come into my head. There's a guy who recently took his own life. He's like an ex-gangster, got on the TV and stuff like that. Bold guy. No. Uh, forgive me for not remembering his name, but he did a video, it went round online before he ended it all, where he did a video and he said, as you can see, I'm of sound mind. Uh, I've had a really, really good life. It's been great. Um, but I've got, I'm sure he says rheumatoid arthritis or something like that. And he says, and I can't go on anymore. I don't want to live on in pain. And there was, and he, and he goes on to sort of say that, and that's why I'm doing this. Um, don't, I don't want you to feel sad for me. Uh, it would have been way more sad if I carried on living and stuff like that. I do think that, and again, this is probably a bit of an overgeneralization, but I I wonder what the difference is, and this would be something to look up, between how many men and women think about suicide, like really seriously think about it, and how many men actually carry it through. Because I know there are studies that say the actual desire, true desire to take your own life is not that different between men and women. Right. But men have a tendency to go through with it, which is interesting, isn't it? That is interesting. Yeah. Because uh, and I wouldn't want to speculate here, but because I've never I've, I've genuinely never to, to, to this day had a suicidal thought. Really? Have you never have you ever thought about Wanting to run away completely? Not that often. No. And I don't even know if that's when I was a kid and yeah. some, some, something upset me. But since I've been what I class as an adult, no. I've never, I've never felt, for me, a day where that felt like an outcome that would be better for me. Yeah. Never. I'm not it's mad. It's it's ma ma it, it is yeah. mad, right? Yeah. Because I have lived a life where I f it feels sort of relatively normal to think that. And I laugh sort of in a kind of laughing at a horrible situation way where that's a relatively normal thought for do, me. Do you think, do you believe it? Or do you think I'm, do you think I'm... Sorry, do I believe you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. No, no, I do you believe you. You know me, right? Like yeah, yeah, because I know you. Yeah, I do believe you, yeah. yeah. But, but... um. But it's it's such a different way from, I mean, look, until things changed, I thought I sort of obsessively thought about it. But in my sort of 11 and a half years of sobriety, um, it pops up a lot, man. It's, Even as a glancing thought, well, I'm not gonna be able, I won't be able to do this. Sometimes I could just be like, like if somebody was like, oh yeah, you know, what do you reckon you'll be doing when you're 60? And there'll be a voice in my head that's like, fuck that getting to that age, I'll never make it. And it's like, and then it can be as flippant as that. And I think that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I, you know, when I'm 60, yeah. I wanna be yeah. I don't know, retired or whatever. Yeah. Um, to on difficult days, it being like a- Do you think, do you think the more introspective you are, the more 
of a thinker you are, the more correlation there is to those sorts of thoughts. Yeah, man. And also, yeah, yeah, you know, if you're thinking it regularly, there's a lot of people that will say, and I, I, maybe I go along with this. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, and also, or the voice that's telling you that is the most honest one in your head because it knows it takes all of your struggles into account. And it's not that it's right, but it's being the most honest because it's the one desperately saying we need to do something Otherwise, I can't cope. But if you've never, you've never thought like that, right? So that no, just I sounds, I can yeah. see your brain going, I yeah. can't even, yeah. normally you can find an inroad to have yeah. a bit of a conversation about yeah. what I've said, right? Yeah. But because you never think it. It just doesn't register. It just does, you're like, no, I can't imagine I, ever thinking I wonder if that. my nurture has something to do with it though. Because from, from day dot, not quite, but like from 10 months, I just, I just get on with it. Yeah. I, and I'm not saying other people don't. I, I'm just saying for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live at the surface. I didn't realise that. It's only in the last, since we've been doing this and even in the last 12 months that I've started to dig a bit deeper. Yeah, I always use my older brother and I know he listens to this as a bit of an example, but like some t when we go out on our bike, we haven't done for ages. Luke, get hold of me, we should go out. Um, but I would sometimes throw things out. You get a bit, bit deeper in a conversation when you're out on the bike. I'd sometimes throw conversations out and uh, he'd be like, yeah, I've, I've never thought of it that way. And I'd be like, I think of that shit every day mm. and try my fucking hardest to not think about it. Mm. Not killing myself, but like, I, don't, I might have thrown something out to him. Oh, well, you know, like, what do you think about this in our lives and all sorts of stuff like yeah. that? And he says, I've never really thought about it. And I think, fucking hell, man. Yeah. Like my mind thinks a million things all of the time, man. And th I think that's what's hard. That's why sometimes the brain goes, this is fucking overloaded, man. Mm. We, if we don't find a way to switch this off, mm then we're fucked. But then that's why somebody like me becomes addicted, yeah? Because if you find a way in alcohol mm. or whatever to mm. switch it off, mm. then you're drawn to it, isn't it? Do you know something that's popping into my head though? Is like, I, so I'm not quite, like I could talk about deep stuff or it, it, I can do introspection, but I think there are racehorse types, right? I'm a, what is known as a crusader type, which is just keep galloping, 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 mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And then, at some point when it all stops, maybe like, maybe I'm just holding it all at bay, right? And then when yeah. I stop and slow down, that's when it starts to flood in. And that's that could be either I'm ready for it in my life to, or it could be overwhelming at that point. Yeah. Now I think I know enough about myself to know I'll be all right. But for a lot of other people whose purpose has been to drive, 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 and when they stop driving and their sense of purpose disappears or whatever that looks like, if loved ones start to leave them, that's when things get really tough. So let's take that gangster. He had purpose, he had mission, he had whatever. But now that he stopped, the body started to take over. Yeah. And he said, I'm done now. Yeah. That relates, you know, when we went to Egypt on the plane, my boy was watching um, the David Beckham documentary. Mm. Have you watched it yet? Yeah, yeah. One thing that I've noticed on all of these top athletes, yeah, Beckham, I watched, I've said top athletes, and then the next one I'm going to, he is a top athlete, Peter Crouch. I watched his yeah. prime documentary yeah. recently. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen You know, like really successful athletes and stuff like that. The one thing they all have in common, the male ones, is that it's, it's almost hard to watch how they talk about their dad. Beckham would say, my dad used to make me stand over the field and 
take corners and hit pinpoint every single time. And we weren't allowed to go home until he'd done it. Peter Crouch, dad was even more hard. Yeah, would make me do this and was like- be in advertising. Yeah, wasn't interested unless he pushed himself to the max and all that kind of stuff. And they, these people become greatness, what we call greatness, you know? And it's just interesting, isn't it? Because mm. I watch it and think, I ain't like that with my kids. Mm. And I don't want to be like that with my kids. Mm. But maybe I need a bit more of it. Yeah. With my kids. Yeah. Maybe I'm, uh, well, I know for a fact, yeah, I'm too soft sometimes with my yeah. kids. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, you know, I'm too people pleasing, too, I don't uh, push them or anything. I just think. What if you reframe that? What if you're not too anything? What if you're just the right amount? Yeah. It's that narrative, isn't it? Because we, yeah. we think we should be that, but actually we're not. We're, yeah. We're just... I was thinking the same. I was like, oh, yeah, but like that's what leads to greatness, right? Yeah. But... Do you ever feel like... Do you ever fully feel like you're a good dad? No. 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 I fucking feel emotional saying that. Because like when I think about the Beckham stuff and then I think about like what I'm like and stuff like that, does anybody ever feel like, do, does anybody ever feel like, do you know what I mean? Even does Beckham's dad must look and think, does he look and go, fucking nailed it? I'd say he probably does. <laughs> probably does <too. laughs> but, but like how many dads do that, man? Like all the dads I go, when I'm at the men's, you know, in the but men's there's stuff, also something that you've, you, you, you're, you're forgetting as well, right? So the the dads might feel like that, that, you know, those particular ones might feel like, oh, okay, my job is to do X, Y, and Z, right? So it's to get him playing for Manchester United and then get him captain in England and yeah. all that sort of stuff, right? So on those terms, yes, he's nailed it. But whenever you watch those elite documentaries, right? And it could be sports, it could be music, it could be academia. Yeah. There's always something missing. They're always looking for, and Thierry, Thierry on retalks about this. Yeah, it's recently he yeah. sent me that video. Yeah, it? yeah. It, where uh, all I was looking for was that nod. You did well. That yeah. bit of love. Yeah, and yeah. It's never there. Yeah, because there's something that gets removed, and so on that front, I feel like I'm a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Than a lot of the other dads, right? But do I ever feel like I'm nailing it fully? Fully is the key word. Yeah. No. And how much do you think, we haven't got time, we've got to wrap this up, but um, how much of our own lives do you think are driven? And, and for people that haven't listened to episodes where we've talked about it previously, I lost my dad when I was nine, you lost yours. 10 months. Yeah. 10 months, yeah. I wonder how much we're driven by a, a need from a nod from our dads that we'll never get. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, by the way, that's not like, I don't feel that consciously. No. As I'm sure you don't, you don't. But when you hear Thierry Henry saying he's like looking for that and you hear like, you know, even when, like you say, there's something missing. When you look at the Crouch one, he almost sort of confides in his father-in-law in the end, doesn't he? Because mm. his dad was just so, he's mm. like, it's nice to have somebody who just listens and yeah. loves me for who I am. Sees and hears. Yeah, sees and hears him. Interesting question that we can't unpack though. If Peter Crouch was raised by his father-in-law, would he be? Who just saw and heard him? Would he be married to Abby? Would he be married to Abby and be the footballer that he was? Probably not. It's mad, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? But not the footballer. But he might have been something else. 
A virgin, as he says in his interview. <laughs> Have you seen that interview? No. He got interviewed and they asked him when he was at the height of his career. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, what do you think you'd be doing if, if you, you weren't, weren't a footballer? footballer. He yeah, probably I've be a virgin. That. He's very witty. Isn't He's he? very, very good, very, mate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I... What I will say is I'd... M maybe it is a nod from our dads, but I do feel like we're, f we're trying to fill a, a void that can never be filled. Yeah. We're trying to we're trying to teach ourselves the things that we were never taught. Yeah, and we're trying to and so we'll never get to that because we'll never yeah. feel like we've like you know what I mean like we yeah. and I think that's what it is. And I think that's to finish on this. I think that's the human condition to a degree. I think when you get deep enough with anyone, what you'll find is they spend their life trying to fill a hole in their soul that nothing fills. Do you know what I mean? And then like when you hear about people on their deathbed. They realize actually all of the things were there, but I was out chasing something else and I never got it and I missed everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, powerful, mate. Mate, good conversation. We missed out a massive part of what we were supposed to do because we had such we'll a good conversation. Time, I think it's, it is a good Yeah, we topic. will do it. We'll bring it in the next one. Um, mate, very much enjoyed this um, and uh, looking forward to the next one. Yeah. See you soon. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kai.